Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. K-State takes care of business in Morgantown, West Virginia. They get set for a matchup with the Kansas Jayhawks for a chance to play in the Big 12 championship on the line. It's been a while since this game has had this um, amount of significance to it. You know, whenever it's KUK State, Sunflower Showdown, you know, in South State of Kansas, it means something. But I feel like on a, on a national level, a, a potential Big 12 championship, uh, national ranking for the Cats, and, and an opportunity for KU to kind of upset and be spoiler late in the season, although they're going to a bowl game, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't want more than anything else to spoil our senior day potential Big 12 championship as well uh, if they can. It's going to be a great game. First of all, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. We are releasing this episode a day earlier than usual. It's Friday walkthrough. You may be watching this on Thanksgiving. So if you are, happy Thanksgiving. Also want to say, make sure you're taking advantage of the 75% off sale that's running at GoPowerCat.com right now. Everything is 75% off VIP content. Make sure you sign up. Um, a lot of great stuff. Football, obviously, on the brink of history now. Basketball really starting to roll with your M tank, so it's a no better time to join Go Power Cat than right now. Friday walkthrough is sponsored by our good friends at the Part Time Beverage Company. The first half is sponsored by the Club Special, the second half is sponsored by the Cape Cod. Make sure you're hitting subscribe on YouTube as well. And with that, let's get into this because you're right. It is going to be a fun game on Saturday, but. It wouldn't have been as fun if the ca- if the Cats wouldn't have taken care of business in Morgantown like they did on Saturday. It felt like after the first quarter was over, it was like, oh my God, my hands are sweaty, my my I'm drenched in sweat. I felt like I was playing. I was I was in town, I wasn't at the game, but watching it on TV, it felt like I was playing because so much happened in that first 15 minutes. It was incredible. That had to be the longest first quarter. Oh my God. <laughs> You know, it, it was it was back and forth. You know, we got up early 14 nothing, and I felt comfortable. And it's one of those things, you're watching the game, and that's what you want. You know, if you're a fan at home mm-hmm. or if you're in uh, West Virginia as a Cat fan, you, you feel comfortable. We come out, we drive the ball, um, we do what we do. Deuce does what he does, and then we get a pick six, and we're sitting pretty, you know. But we talked about it the week before. West Virginia was going to show what they had. They were either going to lay down mm-hmm. or they are going to fight you. And they fought us. They did. And they really fought throughout the whole entire first half. And um, we'll get into the each side of the ball. But I think the biggest defining factor in this game, besides the fact that K-State was able to put up monster numbers on offense, really West Virginia was too. Yeah. I mean, it was a close-ish game at halftime. When West Virginia got the ball, they drove down the field and didn't score after chewing up nine minutes on the clock. The game was pretty much over after that. Yeah, it was. And it was one of those things where – you look at so many things happen early and late 
but I never was concerned about K-State not winning. Mm-hmm. And, and and as a fan and as an alumni and as a K-Stater, that's a good feeling. You know, in a lot of games, you kind of stress out. If it's tied up 14-14 early in the season, you're like, oh, man, here we go. Can we hold a lead? Never had a doubt. This team just feels different when it comes to that kind of stuff. I yeah. mean, they responded after West Virginia came back. West Virginia made some good plays. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, but this offense always found ways to respond, led by Will Howard. To me, that was one of his more impressive games because um, he didn't look the greatest mm-hmm. at times, but at other times he looked really dang good. And, you know, you think about that pick six, and he talked about it on Tuesday at his at his media. Um, he said, you know, I probably could have done some things differently. And, and sure enough, he throws that interception. West Virginia takes it back. But then they respond. And who steps up? Somebody steps up. DJ Giddens, yep. the redshirt freshman from Junction City, 50-yard touchdown run. It just is always somebody different on this offense, which makes them have so much success. And Yeah, and that goes back to coaching, goes back to recruiting, goes back to guys with confidence. And, you know, it feels good knowing that we have quality depth, you know. And, and, and I'm like, it's, it's Thanksgiving, so we're thankful for a lot mm-hmm. of things. I'm thankful that we have a quarterback like Will Howard who decided to stick around, uh, not go into the transfer por- portal, feel sorry for himself, or feel like, you know, he didn't have a fair chance. He stuck it out, and now it's paying off. And, and not just for him, uh, for the football team, for K-State University and, and K-State Nation. Yeah, it's incredible because – I don't think people are going to fully appreciate what Will Howard did until his career is over at K-State. Yeah. But again, the fact that he was able to stick through all that, yeah. and now he has a chance to shine on a national stage, 7 o'clock, Fox, Sunflower Showdown. We'll talk more about that. But again, if this performance against West Virginia doesn't happen, then we're not talking about that. And and, and as far as, as the offense goes, we'll, uh, we'll start there. I felt like they did a great job of getting their playmakers the ball. Yeah. Malik Knowles had an outstanding game, and we've talked about finding finding ways to get Malik the ball because Malik is most dangerous after he catches it. Not necessarily the route runner that guys like Phillip Brooks and Cade Warner are who can catch the ball, get down on the ground, get a first down. Malik is that big play threat. To me, the play that stands out is the little screen tunnel pass that they threw to Malik where he caught it, eventually found the end zone. That play was impressive. Now, that was in the second half. Uh But that play, I guess he didn't find the end zone. He was down at the one. Yeah, he Uh, he scored. Right. (laughs) I thought he was in. I think most people thought he was in. They they ruled him down at the one. Then they get into the the clown car formation, as they like to call it. Will Howard sneaks in. I guess that is in the first quarter. But nonetheless, that play, to me, is the design of this offense. Get the guys who can make plays the ball and let good things happen. That hasn't happened in the past at K-State the last few years. Colin Klein is figuring it out. Mm -hmm. That was an impressive, impressive, not just play call, but game by Malik Knowles in general. Oh, absolutely. Malik, Malik, excuse me, had a great game. And you talked about Coach Klein, and he does a great job of play calling. Each week he's more confident. Mm -hmm. He's mixing it up, and it's – the media talks about him. The announcers of the game talks about him. And, and anybody who knows K-State football, anybody who knows football can see that he's growing as a coordinator. And that's awesome. You know, it's easy to have doubt. First, your coordinator, you're going to have you take your lumps early. But he's surrounded by great staff. And you took the words out of my mouth earlier. Not just Malik, but guys, and you hear guys say it all the time, Yak, yours out the catch. Mm-hmm. Malik is phenomenal at it. 
Brooks is phenomenal at it. K Warner is great at it. Senate is great at yeah. it. You know, if DJ um, Deuce, you got so many guys that are good at catching the ball. They catch a five-year route and turn it into 15 yards, 20, or even a touchdown, mm -hmm. and that makes a big difference because you can scheme people. And if teams run zone, you can sit guys in zone, and they're going to make plays. So they're looking great, and the offense is is running pretty smooth. What's What's crazy is Malik Knowles is a running back playing receiver. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. The way he returns kickoffs, he has that vision, right? He knows how holes open up. He's a he's a running back playing receiver. Mm -hmm. Phillip Brooks played running back in high school. Ben Sinnott literally plays fullback too. I mean, these guys, they're so versatile. And I think that's what makes this offense so dangerous because there's not just one guy that can beat you. The emergence of Ben Sinnott is proving that mm -hmm. because Ben Sinnott was literally a fullback and a very good fullback and a, and a number two tight end coming into the season. And now everybody's looking at him as the next coming of Travis Kelsey. Now, do I do I think that those comparisons are a little overhyped? Yes, I do. No offense, Mr. Ben Sinnott. But he is having an outstanding, outstanding last few games. And that connection between Ben Sinnott and Will Howard is one to be not be not to be taken lightly because those two guys are on the same page and when you have a mismatch at tight end like Ben Sennett, it opens up the entire offense. Yeah, and it does. And one thing that I noticed and I know you noticed as well, he is a physical mismatch. Mm -hmm. He runs really well for a big guy. And he's not just a tight end that's going to line up and block you. He runs deep routes, short routes, uh, he can line up at fullback. But the thing that stands out for me he has really good hands. He does. And there have been balls where that haven't been perfect, and he'll snag them out there. He has strong hands. You know, you get some bigger guys, they allow the ball to get into their body, turn it, and go. He has great hands. And I know Will knows it. He throws the ball up knowing that he can go get it. And that's a mismatch against a safety linebacker or corner. So it's one of those things where week to week, based on personnel, Who's the guy we're going to mismatch? You know, if they got a slower backer, Deuce going to have the mismatch. If they have a, a quicker backer that can run with Deuce, they're going to make sense at the mismatch. But they do a great job of using the tools they have, and there's so many guys that can hurt you right now. To me, the biggest – another big play in that game – I shouldn't say biggest. There's a lot of big plays. One of the big plays in that game, we're specifically talking about Ben Sinnott, was his touchdown catch. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I believe they were inside the red zone. I don't think it was third and goal, but I know they were backed up a little bit, and Will Howard had to step up. Ben Sinnott ran a post route. He was open. Yeah. He was matched up on the outside with the corner. He ran a post route. He was open. But because Will had to step up, the angle wasn't there for him. He starts to roll out, scramble to his right. Ben Sinnott, knowing that, scramble drill, come back to the ball. Okay. He goes back to a, uh, the corner, towards the corner of the end zone, mm -hmm. of, you know, gets off of his route. Will Howard could probably run it in. Probably should have. It, it would have been close, <laughs> right? He maybe would have had to make a guy miss. Right. But he might have had a chance. Instead, throws it on the run right between the numbers to a guarded Ben Sennett who makes an outstanding catch for a touchdown. That's an NFL-level throw and an NFL-level catch. It is, and his presence not to panic and find the open guy. And honestly, Ben probably was the third option. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was maybe Brooks or Malik that was open, or he could have ran it, and he was well covered. He was. was in, I'm a DB, and and that guy from West Virginia did everything right. He he tracked them, scramble rules took place. He didn't lose his guy, but uh, Will and, and Ben just found a way to make it happen. But he was well covered, and like you said, that's a top-notch NFL-type play for a quarterback, and, and that speaks volumes. The offense in general was outstanding. 
The defense was a little shaky in the first half, um, first quarter specific, specifically. Now, I will say this. They only allowed 12 points after the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So the three, the last three quarters of the game only allowed 12 points, two touchdowns. Don't know what was up with their kicker, by the way. That was pretty interesting. But Chris Kleiman talked about it. It's like when you have a, an opposing team that can't make extra points, then they start chasing points and the lead starts to grow. So that was a, that was a, those, were big, those were big points that they didn't make. But... I want to talk about the secondary because there's some underlying things that I think K-State needs to get uh, shored up a little bit. Um, first of all, Sincere Mason with the pick six. Uh, great play. The way he was able to catch that ball, get around all the defenders, and find his way to the end zone was outstanding. Unfortunately for him, mm-hmm. he also suffered an injury, and Chris Kleiman said on Tuesday he will be out for the year. So that's really, really hard for Sincere Mason. How they adjust will be interesting. I think they had some growing pains without him because I don't think they were anticipating, obviously, him not being there. And mm-hmm. so they kind of had to adjust on the fly. What were your overall impressions of the secondary? No, you're absolutely correct. You know, going into the game with us losing Savage the week before, mm-hmm. Sincere was the one to step up in his position and did a good job up until the point he got injured. And like you said, the other guys that came in, they're capable, but I can guarantee they didn't take a whole lot of reps yeah. during the week with the ones. And no matter who you are, you can take reps with the twos, but it's not the same reps as the ones because guys communicate, get adjustments, and that's going to happen. Now, this week, thankfully, we're at home. We have time to get whoever's going to step up next in that position to get the reps, and they'll be okay. But the biggest thing I noticed with the, the ones, starters and the guys that came in after the fact, it was a tackling. Mm-hmm. And, and DBs, they were in position a lot of times, but they just took bad angles after the fact, there were several times where, and what we call in the football world, I watch. If you're a DB and a linebacker takes on a fullback, the linebacker basically makes the decision to take on a, full, a fullback or the blocker on the inside or the outside. And it's your job as a safety to make him right. So if he goes outside, you have to go inside. Mm-hmm. If he goes inside, it's your job to go outside on the fly. It sucks sometimes, but that's part of the job of being a good athlete and a good DB, making that linebacker right. A lot of times, our safeties didn't make the linebacker right. The linebacker go outside, and the safety will go outside and give a cutback or vice versa. And a lot of times, when they did take angles, they were poor angles and allowed guys to get out the box. And it got corrected in the second half, yeah. but that second quarter – Part of the first quarter, we struggled with that. I think again, it is correctable. Yeah, like that's that's the good news, and I think you're right. A lot of that is practice. I look at a guy like VJ Payne who played a lot of snaps on Saturday. Mm-hmm. He was going to play a lot of snaps even with Sincere Mason, but now that Sincere Mason's out, he was just kind of thrown into the fire. He was. There wasn't a lot of rotating going on, and maybe that doesn't happen as much against KU. We'll talk about that, but I think you're right. I think the secondary was probably the biggest area of concern, but again. Mm-hmm. Once they figured it out in the second half, you could tell, okay, they started to play with more confidence. Yeah. Um, but when you have guys on the interior defensive line like Felix Anyadike Ozama and Brendan Mott, Brendan Mott, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week, mm-hmm. three sacks, eight tackles, when you have those guys getting to the quarterback, it makes the DB's job a lot easier. It does. And one thing that gets overlooked, the guys that put pressure. And, and K-State has been uh, fortunate enough to have three quality rushers that can get pressure on a quarterback without b- bringing a lot of schemes. We do bring blitz packages when needed, um, third and long or, or, or special downs, what what have you. But our front our front linemen, front four, three linemen, and our linebackers have done a great job of keeping our, our linebackers and safeties clean for that matter and DBs. But they do a great job. And they kind of get – he was defense player of the week, but they kind of get overlooked – in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. because if they make a mistake, nobody's really going to notice it right away. Obviously, with DBs, if you screw up, 
it's going to be out the gate or touchdown. So everybody sees it. <laughs> but those guys do a great job in keeping our secondary in a position where they don't have to stress as much as sometimes they would. So, yeah. And they had Casey had allowed some big plays. Mm-hmm. In total, 216 passing yards allowed. That's it. Yeah. It's kind of surprising when you look at how the game played out. But was, they, yeah. they figured it out. And, and Julius Brent's an interception. There was a lot of good things that happened on defense for K-State in the second half. Some things to build on for sure. Um, but, again, like Chris Kleiman talks about, it's a lot easier to learn from a win than a loss. It is. They survived. They got out of town. And now they get ready for Kansas. It was an interesting game. But, again, all you got to do is win. And I think if you're a K-State fan, you got to feel happy about that because, again, it very well could have been, like we mentioned, a K-State-Baylor type situation in 2012 mm-hmm. where they lose and then you're just down in the dumps. But no, I think this team, they took care of business. Now they come back for a chance to go to Arlington if they can get a win in Sunflower Showdown. We'll be right back after this quick break here on the Friday Walk. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back in here to the Friday Walk Drum Cold Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. Quick note before we start the second half. Make sure you head on over to GoPowerCat.com right now and click subscribe. We're running a sale 75% off through Black Friday. Make sure you get over and do that. It's a great time to be a K-State fan. No better place to get your K-State coverage than right here at GoPowerCat.com. So make sure you're doing that. Make sure you're hitting subscribe on the YouTube channel as well. Got a lot of fun stuff coming at you. The second half of the podcast is sponsored by the Cape Cod Drink from our good friends at the Part-Time Beverage Company. Let's get into this game, the Sunflower Showdown. Let me just start by saying this. This needs to be a new name. As much as I like the state of Kansas, the Sunflower Showdown, there needs to be a better name than the Sunflower. Nothing like two flowers going at it, right? I mean, <laughs> what, is, what? Let's get a better name for the Sunflower Showdown. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, man. I, I never thought about that. You know, us and Iowa State, former getting, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it, love it. But yeah, maybe we should like have a contest or something. And uh, whoever gives the best name, we give them like a, a month free of Go Power Cat. Who yeah, knows? I don't know if we can make that decision, but hey, if you have a name, drop it in the comments section. There you go. We'll, there we'll you check go. it out. Um, I want to ask you this before we get started. This has obviously been a big deal for a long time, ever since these teams have been playing, these two schools have played each other for forever, it seems like. You've had some fun memories, I'm sure. But if there's one memory in this rivalry that really sticks out to you the most between K-State and KU from your playing days... What is a story that you can share on the internet that really sticks out to you the most? Man, that you know, that's a good question. And I've had some a lot of good memories. I was fortunate enough to never lose to KU. Um, I, I guess I can give you a, I can give you a story, not really from my playing days, but when I was a senior in high school in Dallas, and um, K, KU actually offered me before K State. Uh, Glenn Mason was the head coach, 
and Coach Warner was a quarterbacks coach at the time, and he recruited the Dallas area. And um, they came down, and, and, and me and two of my teammates came on a recruiting trip. And then a, a few other schools, Colorado, Missouri, and K-State, they all came in uh, after the fact and recruited me. And obviously I made the right choice, mm-hmm. uh, came to K-State. But uh, I still remember the conversation um, after I talked to Coach Mason, and he, I told him I was going to commit with K-State. And he basically – he didn't say it in so many words, but basically – say are you crazy you know at the time KU was good they um had several quality players um Gilbert Brown they had a couple other guys they were stud players they played in the Aloha Bowl against Cal that year so they were a a decent program Mm -hmm. you know a lot better than K-State to be honest with you Mm -hmm. and it's one of those things where K-State was not really at the bottom of the barrel but they had that Sports Illustrated Mm -hmm. um article about Fertility U and how bad they were at the time but I still want to come to K-State Bob Stoops was one of the guys that influenced me and Coach Snyder but yeah when I told Glenn Mason he basically basically said, are you stupid? <laughs> but and it, he didn't say it in a bad way, but he was like, okay, that's your decision. Good luck. And But in that year, I redshirted, but we played him and, and beat him. And, and I remember thinking to myself, yeah, I made the right choice, yeah. man. I made you, the right choice. You and hundreds of other kids that came through <laughs> K-State along that time period, and it's been like that for a while. That's, that's great. And, and there's going to be a lot of uh, animosity between these two schools, especially this year. Kansas is finally bowl eligible. This has been a long time coming for the Jayhawks. Um, first of all, I just want to say congratulations to them and what Absolutely. Lance Leipold has done because it has truly been remarkable. There's no denying that. Um, what they've been able to do in just two years, it's, it's incredible. And um, there's lots of um, the reminiscence of, of what um, Coach Snyder was able to do. Maybe not on the level. I know not on the level, but just the fact that they were able to do it so quickly, it's, it's been remarkable. Um, a lot of the main reason for that is Jalen Daniels at quarterback. He came back last week against Texas and really struggled. Yeah. But he said back in August, somebody asked him, I found this, and it's on my Twitter if you want to go look at it. Somebody asked him, what is one game you're looking forward to? And he said, Kansas State. Before the season even started, the last game of the schedule he's looking forward to. Well, Jalen, you get your wish. You're back healthy. Coming to Manhattan, how does K-State stop him? Because he is a dynamic playmaker. He is. You know, I'm I'm a realist. And and as much as I want to dislike KU, um, he's a quality player. The Mm -hmm. the guy is special. And no matter who, he's going to get his numbers, and he's going to have opportunities to make plays. KU's offense has done a great job all year of the schemes. I've watched some of their stuff, and and I'm just like, man, that was sick, you know. Mm -hmm. And they do a great job of getting their tight ends uh, in open space. And a lot of times, if you're not reading the keys to the defense, they will get you and catch you looking in the backfield and will take advantage of it. He's one of those guys that extend plays uh, he doesn't panic and he's a competitor you know he he looks like and not not being funny but he looks like what k-state usually has a quarterback yeah. you know one of those yep. guys who finds a way but he's in in, in crimson and in red but he's a quality player you know i expect him to make plays and it's gonna be fun it's it's gonna be interesting because that is the side of the ball i think where if k-state can have success hmm. they will dominate the game i agree if they can stop kansas on offense We'll talk about when K-State's on offense here momentarily, but when KU is on offense, if they have success, they're going to stay in this game. If KU's going to win, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh-huh. If this is a low-scoring game, that favors K-State, I think, 100%. We look at some of the personnel on offense for KU. Obviously, we talked about Jalen Daniels. Jason Bean might actually get into the game. Yeah. He is a senior. This is his last regular season game. It wouldn't surprise me if they use him as a little, maybe more of a rushing quarterback. Jalen Daniels didn't do that much last week. Maybe we see Jason Bean. But Lawrence Arnold and Luke Grimm are the two guys. Luke Grimm, former from uh, Ray Peck, uh, Kansas City area. Yeah. 
He's a very good receiver, Lawrence Arnold from Texas. Those are their two top receivers. And um, with the injury to Sincere Mason, I suspect we might see a little bit more, a little less rotation, more you know straight lineup. Uh, again, I look for a guy like VJ Payne and a guy like Jacob Parrish, two true freshmen, to see a lot of time. But I almost wonder if when they play nickel, instead mm-hmm. of bringing Josh Hayes down to play corner, yeah. they'll put they'll slide in another cornerback. Rather, that's Jacob Parrish or Omar Daniels, another freshman. I don't know, but. I think we're, Josh Hayes will probably play a little bit more safety, but the matchup in the secondary this week is interesting. Yeah, I agree. And I was thinking about that watching the West Virginia game. I wouldn't be shocked to see Hayes at safety, Parrish on the outside, and actually put Echo on the, in, in, the, mm-hmm. in the slot. Mm-hmm. Because um, Grimms, he is a shifty receiver, and him on a safety would be a mismatch. We wouldn't dare put a safety on him unless it's Hayes. You know, mm-hmm. but outside of that, I wouldn't put any safety on him one-on-one because the kid can play. But I wouldn't be surprised to see either Parrish on him in the slot or Echo on the slot, and then Parrish outside because he's came in and did a great job at corner as well whenever he spelled somebody. So I'm curious to see more speed on the field in the secondary rather than more size. But too soon to say, but anything is possible. And, and that is, I think, the area where yeah. K-State fans need to watch. This game, if the secondary performs well, that will help the defense mm-hmm. incredibly because we know the front seven is going to be good. KU's offensive line at times can be shaky. They've been better. Um, but in the backfield, obviously, they have Devin Neal, the Lawrence High native. Um, the backup running back, Kai Thomas from Minnesota. Um, he is a Topeka High alum as well. Two guys that can be dangerous with the ball in their hands. So this KU offense is no joke. They're going to be able to put up some points. It's not going to be an easy week for the K-State defense. But again, if they have success, it's going to help. And I think you're right. I think I think if they can find a way to slow down the receivers, mm-hmm. then you worry less about the linebackers and the defensive line containing the run. Absolutely. You know, and, and like most teams, the run kind of gets them going. But for KU, the pass gets them going. And like you said, they have quality receivers and they have quality tight ends that they play a lot. And a lot of times the tight ends get more uh, targets than the receivers do based on personnel they're going against. So that would be uh, something to look forward to as well. Run game doesn't scare me as much. They have two dynamic backs with Thomas and Neal. But I feel like our D-line can hold our own up front to allow our backers to be free and run the gaps and make plays. But our secondary has to be strong. And we have to be mentally in tune with what our assignments. You can't get your eyes in the backfield because once you peak, a guy's running past you. You have to be disciplined come Saturday. And credit to KU for actually recruiting the state of Kansas under mm-hmm. Lance Leipold. Mm-hmm. That's something that David Beatty and, and Turner Gill and all these Charlie Weiss, all these coaches before, they didn't do. Yep. K-State's always done it. You know, they developed these guys, Austin Moore, but KU is starting to really do it, and that's evidence with Devin Neal and Kai Thomas. So shout out to KU for doing that. But again, there's lots of players on this K-State roster that weren't even recruited by KU in-state. Fuel to the fire, to the max, you would have to think. So I think K-State holds all the intangibles in this game, especially when we flip it over to the other side. I'm going to give you these stats on KU's defense. (laughs) I'm going to start it off with their uh, somewhat pretty, I guess if you want to say it. Not very pretty by K-State standards. If I told you that they were 64th in rushing defense, you might cringe a little bit and say, okay, Deuce Vaughn and DJ Giddens should have a big day. But then when I tell you that they are 108th in passing defense, 114th in scoring defense, and 118th in total defense, to me, this screams like a huge game for Will Howard. Sounds familiar. Sounds like last week. Yeah. Seriously. You know, Mm -hmm. West Virginia defense was not very – like number-wise, they weren't very solid. Like I said, numbers don't lie. And I think our offense gets it rolling early and often. And our guys play hard every game. I get that. But no matter who you are, in-state rival, senior night, night game at the Bill, 
a trip to the Big 12 Championship on the line, they're going to be ready to play. There needs to be no words even said, I yeah, think, by let's, Chris let's Kleiman get ready to roll. the game. Yep. I mean, these guys know what's at stake. This is why these kids come to K-State is to play in games like this. Yep. Make no mistake about it. When Chris Kleiman, when Colin Klein, when Joe Kleinerman, when they go into the homes of these kids to recruit them, they say, you are going to play in games that matter. This is the game that they're talking about. The game where everything is on the line. That's why these guys come to K-State. And, and, and again... They're gonna. There's gonna be no words need to be said because they will be ready to play. You mentioned a night game. This is also the first time in the 21st century, so the past 22 years, that K-State has played a night game against KU in Manhattan. Huh. I'd have to go back and find. I think it was in the 80s was the last time that they actually hosted a game against KU under the lights. But this doesn't happen that often. And you throw into the fact that K-State has won 13 games in a row against the Jayhawks. This is a big deal. I mean, this is the biggest game that K-State has played all season. I don't think that there's any way um, around that. And I think the offense comes out and absolutely lights it up. K-State won the toss and took the ball against the Mountaineers. They win the toss, they take the ball against the Jayhawks. Absolutely. You know, because KU is a good team. They are a bowl-eligible team for a reason. But there is no reason why we shouldn't impose our will right away. And right now, if you look at both offenses and defenses, our offense – is better than our defense mm-hmm. by a mile. Now, our defense is good, but their offense poses threats. We don't want to give them any type of confidence going into the game. So let's put our offense on the field, get ahead early, and put them behind the A ball and force them to what you say, chase points. You know, hopefully our defense can hold some field goal. If we go home to a field goal, first drive, I feel confident. Because mm-hmm. I feel like our offense can score every drive with the opportunity, get points every drive. Yeah, it, it, I think that K-State on offense, the game plan, again, you obviously need to you need to set up the run game to, to throw the ball. I think Deuce Vaughn has a big day. But, I, again, if you have that gunslinger back there in Will Howard, mm-hmm. throw those short passes. Get the ball out of his hands. Throw it to Malik Knowles. Throw it to Phillip Brooks and let those guys create the damage. Mm-hmm. Get the ball in space to your playmakers. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a tale as old as time, but it works. And I think that they're going to do that. I also think K-State's going to come out. I could see him running the ball early just to set the tone. Yeah. We're more physical than you. We're better than you. We're going to set the tone early by running it down your throat. I could totally see that happening, but either way, I just think K-State's offense holds all the cards to this game. With that being said, if they come out and do not perform, this could be a close game. KU is good enough to keep this a close game. Oh. I think they are, especially if K-State doesn't play their best. They can keep it a close game. Are they good enough to win it if it's a close game? I'm not sure, but I know that this could be a close game. You have to give credit where credit is due, and when it's a rivalry game, you know, anything goes. Yeah. We've seen crazy things happen before, but... Again, if this K-State offense can have success, it could be a long day for KU. It can be. And like you said, we can't allow them to stick around because a team like that, you give them any glimmer of hope, they're going to take advantage of it. And they know they're good enough to compete with anybody in the Big 12. They showed it all year long. And in a lot of games, they won teams, let them hang around. And they end up winning late. Uh, one thing I feel like we're better in also is special teams-wise. Mm-hmm. They aren't great on special teams. Their kicker struggles at times. Um, he has the capability to make the big kicks, but he's very inconsistent. Um, I haven't seen those guys stop a whole lot of teams on returns. You know, um, They have a decent return, man, but I feel like our kickoff team is good enough to contain anybody. You know, When we're on it, we're on it. So, But we can't give them any hope. You know, The old saying is crush your dreams right away. Give them no hope. Leave no doubt. Impose your will. 
all those have to be the state of mind from the first kickoff. And what's interesting about this, you look at two guys on KU's defense. We'll get into picks here in a minute. Two guys to highlight. Lonnie Phelps, six sacks on the interior line there. Big guy. He can get to the quarterback. So it'll be up to the offensive line to contain him. And then Kenny Logan, who leads their team in tackles from the back end. Mm -hmm. To me, that just says they don't have a lot of linebackers that make some tackles. So that means they're giving up some big plays. They're giving up chunk plays. Case they can take advantage of that. I think they will. Um, their D line, like you said, they're not bad. I feel like our O line matches up well with them. Um, if, if they gave us pressure, Will has the opportunity to, to, to move the pocket. He's smart. He doesn't panic. And like you said, on the back end, the secondary makes a lot of tackles. And, and after so long, they get tired of chasing guys deep, and then they have to tackle the big guys, or they got to tackle a shifty deuce. And, and it gets frustrating. And, and, and they make bad decisions a lot, which leads to big plays. And I'm hoping that trend continues come Saturday night. I'm looking for some play-action shots down the field, mm-hmm. especially in the first quarter. Set up the run. Do some play-action there's going to be some seams. I look for a guy like Ben Sennett after some faking, some outside zones. You look for a guy like Ben Sennett right down the seam. Mm-hmm. I could see a big play happening in the first half, first quarter to Ben Sennett. That connection stays hot. There's going to be some opportunities for big plays. It's going to be up to K-State to take advantage. Yeah, and I think they will. And it's one of those things where coaches understand what what, what we have in, in mind. And I feel like Coach Klein will have a phenomenal grant, excuse me, game plan provided and he will take advantage of the mismatches. But you got guys that can make plays and you got and, and KU's gonna have to honor the run. They're gonna have to honor the mm-hmm. run. If they don't, that's on them. It'd be a long game early. But like you said, play action deep, it'll come and at that point blow the lid off the roof and go for it. So yeah, I'm with you. Let's get into our predictions as we wrap up the show here on the Friday walkthrough. As always, you got the honors. I'm going Cats 56, KU 21. See, I'm actually close to you this week. <laughs> See, I, I, I had uh, – we talked on the Powercat Questions podcast. I said, well, Howard's going to throw for four touchdowns. That's where I'm at. I think K-State wins 49-21. Okay. The spread is 13. I just – I'm with you. This is going to be a beatdown. I really believe that. I hope so. I think it's going to be a beatdown. <laughs> K-State – do the fans rush the field? I don't know. Nah. I don't nah. think they do. I think K-State wins, though, and they move on to Arlington to advance to the Big 12 Championship against the Horned Frogs. We will talk to you next week on the Friday Walkthrough. Make sure, once again, you are hitting subscribe on the YouTube channel. Head over to the website. And, folks, enjoy the game on Saturday. Have a happy Thanksgiving with your with your friends, with your family. Enjoy the game on Saturday wherever you may be. Hope to see you out at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. If not, enjoy the game where you are, and we will talk to you next Friday. CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.